It is conference championship week, and there are still eight teams that have a potential path to a college football playoff berth. Let's get into it. Well, welcome back to Showtime College Football. I'm your host, Chase Davidson. It's so good to be back for one of the last weeks of the college football season. Don't worry, I'll still be doing podcasts during the month of December, warming up and heating up for the bowl season and the playoff, the final 14 playoff. Um, And it's going to be good. We still have no idea who's going to be in the college football playoff. Going to be talking all about that today and going to be breaking down the college football conference championships mainly the power five um because it is more interesting than ever it feels like this year um but yeah i was sick this week so i did not do an episode earlier and last week was thanksgiving and i was frankly so in over my head with homework as i am a college student that is trying to make it so um still starting out as a podcast that's what happens um i'm not getting paid to do this but speaking of that trying to make this podcast happen Game Day Prestige is now out. Go to Game Day Prestige um, on Instagram at Game Day Prestige. We have been sponsored by them, being collabed by them. And um, new college football merch. Right now we have a Florida State collection out. Um, and the new college football crew neck looks very, very good. So um, there's some other ones. I got I got a few coming up um, with them this, this, uh, this week after conference championships. Keep an eye out for an Oregon or Washington hoodie, depending depending on who wins on the Pac-12 finale champs. Going to look kind of sick. So only going to be available for a limited time. Going to be embroidered. Going to look really nice. So, uh, yeah, keep uh, yeah, support the podcast. Support me doing this um, as I take time out of my schedule to handle this. It is 2.24 a.m. on Friday, December 1st. And if you're worried that I'm up so late, I'm up this late every single night. Don't worry about it. It's just how I live. Okay. Well, don't forget to use code SHOWTIMECFB on SeatGeek for $20 off your purchase. And make sure to follow us on all the socials. Since Instagram, X, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following wherever you are taking in this content. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. The playoff is a dilemma. My head has been exploding trying to figure out even what I think should be done. Obviously, there is still more football to be played before we decide a final four teams who are in the college football playoff. And like most years, I think there will be, and obviously there has to be, things that work themselves out, maybe, because it could get a heck of a lot more complicated if conference championships don't go the way we think they're going to go. Because even if all the favorites win, and I'm going to go into a lot of situations here, and I'm going to dive deep, um, give my opinions, but also just give base percentages on what I think the committee will do. Um, You know, even if the favorites all win, you still have a dilemma on your hands. You need, there's, there's, and there's only one really anti-chaotic situation. And I'm going to, I I might as well describe it right now. Let's go right into it. Um, This will probably be the hardest year in the history of the 14 playoff the last year to des- to decide four teams. Usually there's been controversy over like one team. 
like usually it's been like, oh, this team should have gotten in like Michigan State in 2014 or Auburn, you know, a few years ago. Like there's been a few teams. that's like, oh, they got left out. They got snubbed. It's been like one team. But this year there are eight teams. The regular season's over. There are eight teams that look really good and could easily play in the playoff, have the resume to do so, and also be the team that is qualified. Like, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, um, Oregon. Those are four teams that are outside of the top four right now, the four I just listed. And those are all teams that, in my eyes, could beat anybody in the country, given, obviously, ideal circumstances um, on a neutral field, which they would be. So, yeah gonna be crazy so conference championship week is way more interesting than it usually is i feel like it, it usually is a little more solidified there's usually like one game that like is contingent obviously if teams lose that can be bad but like usually it's like all right well this you know this team's gonna beat this team you know and it's and it's like okay maybe if they win they're in but like there's usually not this much controversy with every single conference championship is a pretty big deal and it's not like a given. So, okay. Here is my, just a starting out. Um, I don't envy the playoff committee. I've already said that. But here is the ideal situation for playoff committee. I just want to give this to the very start. This is the only situation where it's like easy. Like where it was last year, where it was kind of chaotic. And then all of a sudden, conference championship week, it all just bloom. It was all right. Oh, okay. We got our teams. It was pretty easy. Like Bama was kind of left out, but it was like, ah, only really Bama fans thought that. No, no one was really put out by that. It was like, okay, Ohio State, I think, should be the team. You know, okay. Because they were both in the same exact situation, whatever. But this year, there was only like one situation that can really sort itself out. And it is. Georgia wins. Okay. Michigan wins. All right. Those are the two easiest ones. Like, they win, they're in. That's two spots. Washington wins because they're undefeated. Easiest. So... You know, those are three undefeated Power Five champions. Texas loses because Texas is the one that makes the playoffs so crazy. And I'll get into it. And I've talked about it over the past few weeks, but things have gotten more interesting. Just as I've heard more, I've thought about it more. Texas loses and Florida State wins. So there you go. You have four undefeated uh, conference champs, Power Five conference champs, and your other conference champ who's being left out lost in their conference championship. Or sorry, they're not even conference champ. But Texas would lose to Oklahoma State and pretty much would leave no doubt that they're the team to be in. So that would leave Alabama out, Ohio State out, Oregon out, um, and Texas out. You know, you're really the closest one to there would be Ohio State would be close. And then that's the ideal situation for Ohio State if Florida State loses in that situation where you have those three top guys who win and then Florida State and Texas lose. That's really the only situation where Ohio State can sneak into the playoff. Ohio State definitely has the least chances in my eyes to make the playoff. I just do not see them. It had to be perfectly that way, and then I could see them going to the playoff, being the 11-1 and just like last year. So, okay. Yeah, I really don't know what to think. This is really hard, guys. Like, here's, here's the – there's two schools of thought, basically. When you're going in, you know, everyone probably has their opinion. You probably have your opinion on what you think is more important or what you think the playoff should be. So let me describe first. There are two metrics. Well, there's two main schools of thought, like I just said. There's two main ones. It's either resume 
or metrics efficiency slash eye test. Basically, the best team talent wise, how they look. Um, yeah, you guys know what I'm saying. Or resume, strength of record, strength of schedule, um, who they played, who they've beaten, quality wins or losses. Um, and is there a medium in between? Frankly, this year, this is why it's such a crazy thing is because there's no medium. You have a team, Florida State and Texas are the ones throwing the wedge into everything. And frankly, it's really hard because normally a team that goes undefeated in the regular season and you know loses in their conference championship, if they're a power five team, has always been given the, the go-ahead to go into the playoff because it hasn't been that controversial. There haven't been this many teams trying to get in at the very last second. And so what you're looking at here is now you have to decide. The conference championship is important, but you're going to have teams that were undefeated, like Washington. If they lose to Oregon, they were undefeated, beat Oregon earlier in the season, and they will probably probably not make the playoff. Obviously, there are situations where they could, but they will probably not make the playoff. Like, that's wild. Like, think about last year when we were like, oh, well, TCU... They, you know, TCU should not miss the playoff because they earned that game. In fact, the Big 12 championship versus Kansas State, I mean, they earned that game, you know? They shouldn't be punished for that, right? Well, this year, it's completely thrown out the window because of the situation. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm okay with it because it kind of has to be done. You can't just not count these games going ahead and be like, well, you know, if Washington loses, it doesn't count, right? So you have to count them this year, um, especially. You know, they've counted in previous years, but they really matter this year okay so the playoff in its history the cultural playoff it's been 10 years they have always leaned resume and i've i read deeply in their website they have actually a pretty good amount of like items they say they use obviously they kind of try and be general so they can lean on different things but you can kind of tell they use head-to-head matchups Strength of record, strength of schedule, uh, performance on the field, um, you know. But they list; they tend to lean more resume. They lean more strength of schedule, quality wins. As we've seen them pick teams, even picking the places for those teams, and not even talking about this year. I'm talking about just the playoff history. Who have they picked as the last four teams, like the final playoff poll? They've always leaned towards the resume. They haven't used as much eye test. They haven't said the best four teams. They've said the teams who deserve it. And that's what it comes down to. Do you pick the best four teams or the teams who deserve it? And frankly, I can't decide because there's a lot of people that are like, what is the best four teams? Are you kidding me? Like, how would you not say that? How is it not the best four teams? And then the other side is like, no, no, no. It's the resume because why do we play on the field? Why do we play football? If it's the best four teams, then why don't we just have them all play FCS opponents or bad opponents? And then whoever blows them out by the most gets in. Or don't we just not, not play at all? and just take the top four teams on the 24-7 recruiting rankings on three recruiting rankings and put them in the playoff. Because those are obviously the best teams, talent-wise. Um, so that's, that's where that really comes from. It's like, okay, the problem with the pro- there's, there's major flaws in each, and so we have to find a medium somewhere. And I don't know where that is. Frankly, I would love for somebody to give me some insight on how I can look at this right now. I'm, I know, obviously the next two days will really help us determine, okay, like this team should be in, this team should be out. And most years there's been a medium. It's been like, okay, like we can use resume and then like use eye test as like an extra umph. Like, okay, 
these guys have a similar resume and these ones look better. So, you know, X, Y, Z, they're in. You know, that's how it goes. So, um, yeah, this is kind of crazy because Florida State is the team that's really making this tricky because Florida State could very well go undefeated and be the, sorry to say it, but like the eighth best team of these eight, you know, the, the last team of these eight teams in talent because Jordan Travis was the hep- epicenter of that team. Obviously, here's where the other part comes in. Is It's like, are you going to punish the entire team? Because it wasn't Jordan Travis who won all those games. It was the entire team with Jordan Travis leading them. And so it's like, oh my gosh, like, are you, am I going to like say, oh, Florida State doesn't deserve it when there's all these players, Keon Coleman, all these playmakers on the side, on the, you know, coaching staff, Mike Norvell, there's, you know, players and defensive players and linemen who are so good, who contributed to this team. And they're all very talented. You can't just win with a good quarterback. We all know that good quarterbacks don't win the whole game. And so it's like, you know, imagine being a Florida State player, being like, oh, so we're out because the QB got hurt. We went undefeated. We didn't even lose. We beat LSU. We beat a very good Louisville team to end the year. We won at Clemson. So, you know, that's that's where that comes in, where it's like, do you just throw them out because they're not one of the best teams? And what are you evaluating best team? You know, yes, they didn't perform very well against Florida without the quarterback, without Jordan Travis. Like, they could have performed much better because Florida is a pretty sweep under the rug team. I know it's rivalry, but like, do you even beat Louisville? You got to beat them. Obviously, and we won't have this conversation if they don't beat them, but still, that's that's the thing is you feel there's it's so hard to go either way. And then you go resume and you say, oh, so we're going to leave out some of the best teams in the country. Just period. We're going to leave some of them out. Let's say we Florida State gets in over a 12-1 and Texas team who just, or a 13-1 and Texas team who won their conference championship. Or it would be 12-1 and who won their conference championship. What, what do we do there? Texas, I would say, is much better than Florida State, especially without Jordan Travis. I would even say Texas is better. I test, you know, just my own personal opinion. If you think otherwise, whatever. But I think Texas is better. That means you're leaving Texas, whose only loss is a clutch time touchdown to Oklahoma in a neutral field. You're leaving them out of the playoff. And they avenged, you know, or they didn't avenge the loss, but they won out and won their conference championship. So college football demands perfection. And I think the committee going forward will choose Florida state in that situation. And I don't really have a huge problem with that. I'm just saying like, it's just hard to watch. I think I definitely lean towards more deserving slash resume because I feel like it would create pandemonia. If Florida state got left out at 13 and 0, if they just got left out because Texas or um, Oregon or Washington or Bama got ahead of them, let's say UGA, let's say Bama beats Georgia in a close game. And they put in Georgia and Bama over a 13 and 0 Florida and a Florida State. And I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Not because I would I would take Bama over Florida State. Bama would be fl- favored by two touchdowns over Florida State. So would Georgia. But at the same time, I would just it would just hurt me because who deserves it more? The team who went undefeated. And so it's do you just, is it who deserves it? 
or who's the best teams. And I don't know, guys. I don't know. So hopefully we can find a happy medium. Um, but banking off that, let's go into my conference championship previews. Okay. So first of all, before we get into this, what teams can lose and still have a chance to make the playoff? Like what teams could afford a loss in theory and still make the college football playoff? Really not many. Usually there are teams that can lose and still go. Like, like last year, Georgia could have lost. Michigan could have lost. And they still could have gone. Um, TCU could have lost and could have gone. And that's what happened. So we've seen this before. But this year, there's nothing insured. I would say, I was going to say Michigan, like default. Like I think Michigan, if they lose, they'll get in. They'll still get in because like they beat Ohio State. And, you know, they look so good the entire year. But then again, what if the pandemonia happens? I mean, what if there's one of those chaotic situations? I mean, it's not insured. So Michigan and Georgia definitely have the highest chance. If they lose, there is a 40 to 50% chance they make it in. But it's a coin flip. It just depends on what happens in the other games. So, you know, those are the teams with the best chance. Pac-12 is the truly only win and end game for both teams. Like Oregon. You win, you're in. Washington, you win, you're in. I think a 12 and, 12 and 1 Oregon by the media, by what everyone's been saying, I think collectively the entire country agrees that a 12 and 1 Oregon would make the playoff. That's They're pretty much insured that now. And now it's starting to be that Oregon has the highest chance of anybody to make the playoff. You know, so that's a win and in right there. Um, Oklahoma State versus Texas is not a win and in. Texas is the most, um, other than Ohio State, Texas is in the least control of their destiny. Texas has to have some pandemonia happen for them to get into this or some exact circumstances. Georgia versus Alabama. Obviously, Georgia win, you're in. Obviously, Michigan wins and they're in. Um, But Alabama, if you win, you're not guaranteed in. You're only guaranteed in if maybe like Texas loses. Because if Texas wins, Texas has to go in before Bama. Just remember that. Let's remember this. Texas beat Bama in Tuscaloosa by two touchdowns. I don't care when it was. I don't care when it was. It was this season, and they beat them in Tuscaloosa. Why do we play football on the field? To use that to determine how good teams are on the gridiron. And it wasn't a one-score game. It wasn't a last check. It wasn't a uh, fourth and 34 from the goal. For fourth and goal from the 34, it was... A two touchdown, they beat them. Texas straight up beat Bama in their home. No questions asked. They did. Alabama's the only team really in these top eight who lost like at home. I think they're the only team that lost at home. And the teams with one loss, you know, Alabama has like the worst loss of all these teams. You know, Oregon's loss is at Michigan. Or sorry, Ohio State's loss is at Michigan. Oregon's loss is at Washington. Um, and Texas's loss is at a neutral field against Oklahoma. I would say Alabama's loss is the worst loss because it was at home by two scores. So something to consider. And back to the point, Texas has to win. or Texas has to lose pretty much for Bama to get insured or get a higher chance to get in because if Texas wins, then Texas gets in over Bama in every situation in my eyes, and it should be that way. Texas won head-to-head, and they have similar resumes. You know, maybe Bama's is a little better 
inflated because of SEC bias, because how is Tennessee ranked? That shouldn't be a ranked win. Um, similar resumes. And head-to-head should be ultimate. Okay, Texas beat them head-to-head. No, no question. If Texas wins and Alabama wins, they either both have to be in or Texas gets in over Bama. So I'll, I'm done repeating myself, but just keep that in mind. If you don't agree with me, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, maybe you think the Bama's better because... You know, they're Bama and they're better. They have certainly looked a little better, but sorry, Texas beat them. There's no better metric than the field. I'm in, I'm in that for when you're talking about head-to-head, if you got to decide between two teams, if Oregon and Washington were exactly the same, I know they played at Washington, and I know Oregon probably should have won the game, but sorry, there's a reason that Oregon has been one spot behind Washington in my rankings all year, just barely behind them. I've never put Oregon ahead of Washington because of one reason, even if I thought Oregon was better because you can't get anything better than head to head. You've lost. So you can't go in over the team that beat you unless there's obviously another loss or something else going on. You know? Um, Yeah. If there's equal circumstances, equal strength of schedule, that's what should happen. Okay. Michigan versus Iowa. Obviously Michigan wins. They're in Iowa. Wins and they're in. No, I'm just kidding. Iowa is the weirdest 10 and 2 team of all time. Louisville versus Florida State. Florida State winning in question mark. Um, because of the committee, yes. Winning in. Florida State, if you win, you are in, especially if you win by two touchdowns. This is this is important for Florida State. I think the margin of victory is very important here. This is a good Louisville team. You know, um, not to be overlooked. Definitely not Bama. Um but still, I mean, Louisville has two losses uh, being at Kentucky and, of course, the terrible one at Pitt. But beating Notre Dame um, handily at home was big for them. And they've you know, really proved everyone wrong this season. However, if Florida State wins this game by three points, by a field goal, by a last second score, that is really just going to be, oh, oh, ah, like, oh, sorry, we got to put them in. But ah, if they win by three two scores, three scores, four scores. Um, not saying they will, but if they do that, if they decide to go all out, that will make life a lot easier for the playoff committee and also for college football fans. I'll say, okay, like maybe Florida State is a little better than we thought. Like Maybe they got a chance to keep it close. I mean, they're still a great team. So regardless, Florida State, because of the committee, and I don't think this is wrong, what they've leaned towards, Florida State win and in. Winning in. All right. There's the situation for the Power Five um, Conference Championships. Now let's, look, now let's go through my picks and my preview for each game. The most intriguing is Oregon versus Washington. I think I'm going to keep to the end. That one's really exciting because that is kind of the game everyone's looking at where both teams could go to the playoff. Um, like both, both teams have a potential. Same as Georgia, Alabama. Obviously, this is one of the biggest showdowns. We don't see these two play very often and it is a big deal. Um, so those are the two prime time I'm, I'm gonna start with the easiest one michigan versus iowa the line is 22.0 um and uh yeah so i was not really gonna score so could they did they do anything probably not however michigan can be sluggish at times they can you know they've had purdue last year they struggled against in the first half i remember that um do i think they're cover the, the question is do i think they'll cover the spread um, yes, I do. I think Michigan will win by four scores in this game. So give me the over uh, for Michigan. Um, but yeah, I mean, Iowa's a good team. 
you know, if I would beat Michigan, that would be amazing. Love to see some chaos. I always got a great defense, but frankly, I don't think that defense is enough for uh, to stop Blake Quorum and JJ McCarthy. Um, also, Jim Harbaugh will be on the field, and for some reason, if you thought they weren't good without Jim Harbaugh, when they have Jim Harbaugh on the field, it they are like way better. To be fair, they they just look really, really good and really confident. So that's also going against them. So easy pick right there. Louisville versus Florida State, negative one and a half. Sorry, negative one and a half. I was thinking like I don't even know odds. Florida State favored by one and a half. Favored by one and a half. That's surprisingly low for the team that is 12 and 0 and ranked fourth versus a team that is, uh, what is Louisville now? Like 13th, 14th, 15th? You know, just shows Vegas knows Jordan Travis is injured and we all know it. Um, can Tate do his thing? Can he show some light? You know what? I think this game is going to be close for a while. Um, I think it's going to take Florida State some time to really get their groove because Louisville is not going to back down. Louisville is a team with Jeff Brom that is very feisty. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, however, to my dismay, you know, I would. I'm, I'm being realistic here. I would. I love Louisville. I love what they're doing, and I am kind of a Louisville fan now, honestly, because Louisville fans are so nice, and I. I love y'all. Same as Florida State fans, honestly. A lot of Florida State fans are really nice. These are the two fan bases that have been the most kind to me and most supportive in my six months of Showtime CFB. It's almost been six months. And these two fan bases stand alone as the two that have been the most uh, like active. My, a lot of my followers are from these places. A lot of my listeners, um, Florida State and Louisville. So love you both. Um, but you know what? Like Picking Florida State... For Florida State's hopes for your fans, you got to win by a lot here. Just just to prove a point. I think there's a lot more to prove than just beating Louisville. If you beat Louisville by a touchdown, everyone's still going to be doubting you. Um, it's going to really help out if you win by a few scores, like I said. So I'm going to take Florida State in this game. I think Florida State wins by 10 points or more. Um, you know, Obviously, a close game would be crazy, but for Florida State's playoff hopes, you need to win by more than that. So I have a feeling that Florida State will start airing it out, even if they're up by a few. I think Florida State's going to be fairly aggressive. All right. Oklahoma State, Texas, the Big 12 championship. Um, my BYU Cougars had a crazy game. Frankly, was very exciting. Gave me a little bit of hope for the future, I guess. Um, been a tough season, you know. It was a good game. Double overtime was... Gotta love it. Gotta love college football. Um, Oklahoma State's a weird freaking team anybody who watches college football knows that oklahoma state is probably the probably the number one craziest team unpredictable in the country this year has been the prime example but that's always they're always like that last year oklahoma state was ranked eighth at one point and then they weren't even ranked like three games later because they lost like three straight i don't know mike gundy and company are crazy anyways oklahoma state's a good team and they're going to back down from texas did you know over the, over the last eight meetings, Oklahoma State has beat Texas like six of the eight times or something like that? I think it's six of the eight. They've won the last two. And like that, that's not going to be easy. Texas favored by 15 and a half? I don't know. This is another game where Texas has a lot to prove. I mean, Texas needs to blow them out if they can to show force and to show how good they are. Um, you know, if you win, if you win by a really close game, a overtime game, I mean, it just, does it help your chances to make the playoff? Um, but here it is, 15 and a half. I think 15 and a half is kind of high. I think Texas could win by a touchdown. 
like 35-28. Texas could control the game, close the game, but I don't see them winning by 15. I see them winning by max two touchdowns. Um, Texas is really good, but Oklahoma State is also very underrated and can play up to their opponent's level very well. So give me Texas, um, but by less, not covering the spread. Give me Oklahoma State covering the spread. All right, y'all. Tomorrow night. Well, tonight, actually. Tonight. Oregon versus Washington in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 finale. It is so like intense to say that. The Pac-12 finale. Last Pac-12 game will be played tonight. The very last one. Ever. Ever. Um, obviously, Oregon and Washington will keep on playing each other in the Big Ten. Um, but it will never look the same. It will never look the same. Oregon, who is one of the best teams in the country at the spread, um, against, or against the spread, is favored by 10.5 or 10.0 right now over Washington. The Washington Huskies, who are undefeated, who beat Oregon earlier in the season. Just giving you some obvious context there to hype it up. Um, at 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night in Vegas. I almost drove down randomly. It's not that far. I mean, it's only a five-hour drive for me, and the tickets weren't too crazy. I nearly bought a ticket today, but at the last minute, decided not to. Decided I value my school and some money from work a little more than that. But, um, well, value is a funny word. I would much rather go to the... <laughs> but I need money. All right. Anyways, y'all. So, Washington. Michael Penix Jr. Roma Dunze. Oh, man. Who to pick in this game? Um, I'm surprised the line has risen as high as, as, high as it is. Oregon, to me, the entire year, I mean, we've been saying this entire year, looks better than Washington. They've always looked better. Um, and even in the game against Washington, Oregon looked better. Even in the head-to-head, they looked better. Washington looked great. They did what they had to do. But, I mean, just being up the, bringing up the point again, Oregon out-gained out, um, Washington by 150 yards. 150 yards in that game. Washington's defense is a big weak spot. Here's the thing. Even if these teams are equal, like they've looked good, you know, they, they've, let's say they tied. Obviously, you can't tie, but let's just say they, or they haven't even played each other. Oregon as a whole is so much more complete as a team than Washington. And I know we had the head to head. I know we had the head to head earlier, and Washington won. But Washington is a very one sided team. The defense being a very tough spot. They've gotten a little better over the season. But still, I mean, now you're going against Bo Nix, who is playing much better than what he was. He has gotten vastly, vastly better as the season's gone on. Against Michael Penix Jr., who has gotten slowly not quite as explosive as he once was. Bo Nix has now passed up Michael Penix Jr. in passing yards, and Bo Nix plays half the minutes. Nearly. Just saying. I mean, that's that's an interesting side right there. Here's the reason I have Bonex at Heisman, by the way. I have Bonex for Heisman right now. First of all, because Jane Daniels, electric. He deserves to be in New York. But, I'm a, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Jane Daniels has, you know, better stats with, like, double the minutes. Jane Daniels is fighting for these wins in very close games. Bonex is going out at halftime. Not in every game, but third quarter. I mean... I'm just saying, I think it's something to consider, like yards per pass, yards per um, 
per minute played per play yards per play um points per play super interesting to to consider as we look at those two anyways um Oregon favored by ten and a half. However, I mean Washington won earlier. Oh man, it's so hard. You know what? I'm 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 giving the or I'm I'll tell you right now. I'm giving the edge to the Ducks. The Ducks look better on every single level, and because they're playing head to head again, I can I can throw out the previous head to head in terms of like who I'm going to pick, and I don't have to rank them objectively right now. I can say, well, I think Oregon's better. Oregon looks better. They play better. They're more efficient. They're better on both sides of the ball. They look like the most complete team in college football. They could be anybody in the country. Give me Oregon. Give me Oregon. Do I think they're going to win by 10? Mm, maybe. This game, oh my gosh. I hope this game is so close and electric and amazing. Oh my gosh. A chance for the playoff in the final Pac-12 game. Oh, I'm going to love it. All right. But think to yourself. Washington's still 12-0. They're the, they are the team that is undefeated. They were looking better earlier in the season. I picked Washington to win that Oregon game back then, and now I'm picking Oregon. I might go 2-0 with these games here. Just because since then, Oregon has looked so much better. Because early in the season, that Texas Tech game is really the only fluke Oregon game. Really the only one they had that was kind of a... Obviously, other than Washington when they lost. But that, the Texas Tech game, and that, you know, that kind of made me think a little bit differently about Oregon. But yeah. Something to consider as well as we're going into like the playoffs and like college football. When you look at college football as a whole, just remember that Oregon was one play away from losing to Texas Tech in in week two. I mean, they got the pick six to win the game. Texas Tech was about to win that game. They were going to win that game most likely. That's college football for you. And now they're could be going to the playoff. I mean, <laughs> it's just funny how college football works. Where one play, one like can destroy or make an entire season. Literally, Oregon would not be in the situation at all if they had not got that pick six to beat Texas Tech. You know, interesting to think about. They would have been out of it a long time ago. All right. So, Georgia-Bama. This is a rivalry, not historical, purely circumstantial. And frankly, it happens really only in the SEC championship. And I love it. It's amazing to see these teams. And honestly, Alabama has been playing some amazing football. And it is not. It is not an easy game for Georgia. This is the hardest game of the entire year. If there's a team who's going to beat Georgia this year, it is Bama. Alabama has improved so much since that first few little scares they had with USF and Texas. They've improved vastly. You know, the Tennessee game, they did struggle in that game. You know, they 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 over uh, overcame LSU, beat Ole Miss, beat Texas A&M. They've had a, they found a way to win. Well, I, I don't think te- Alabama is as flashy. I think Alabama has more heart in this game. You know, I don't, there's, always, there's always been a question on who has more heart, Georgia or Alabama. But frankly, I can't wait for this game. This game is going to be crazy. The, the line is at five for Georgia. Vegas knows that Alabama is not someone to be looked over. And, uh, you know, I'm the fun guy and he wants to pick Bama because it is not as impossible as you may think it is. The, the odds show it. 
You know what ESPN FBI gives FPI gives Georgia a chance of winning? 52%. 52%. I guess Georgia has not lost in three years. And they're giving a 52% chance to win this game. Oh, I love college football, guys. It's good. Thank you guys for motivating me to do this podcast today. As I was just not, I was feeling pretty drowsy still. I'm getting over my sickness. And I said, should I do a conference podcast, conference championship preview podcast? And I got an unanimous from 30 of you. A yes. No, no's, Just all yeses. And I was like, frick it. All right, let's do it. So thank you guys for doing that. I mean, there's a few other games I could pick really quick. There's a few other I have in mind. Giving New Mexico State over Liberty going to be a good game, but I think New Mexico State's got something to prove. They lost Liberty early in the season. They never played for a conference championship, at least really. Um, Give me New Mexico State. Uh, we've also got Toledo versus Miami for the MAC championship. Big game. Give me Toledo. Um, SMU versus Tulane. Huge game in the American. Uh, maybe the team that gets the bid for the, uh, what is it going to be, the Cotton Bowl? Can't remember what it is going to be this year. Or the Fiesta Bowl, maybe? I think it's Fiesta Bowl. I can't remember. Um, Tulane's look really good. Also, SMU's look really good. Um, honestly, give me Tulane. Still avenging that loss against Ole Miss early in the season. App State versus Troy. Troy favored by five and a half. Give me Troy by a bunch because Troy is actually way good. Uh, they've won like 10 straight games, by the way. Um, and yeah. Oh, Mountain West. I forgot Mountain West. Boise State versus UNLV. UNLV is underrated. Give me UNLV. Surprisingly, Boise State is favored by two and a half. Give me UNLV. That's who I want, and that's who I think is going to win this game. Who would have thought, like, five weeks ago, by the way, some Group 5 stuff here, who would have thought five weeks ago that UNLV and Boise State would be playing in this game? We all thought it was Wyoming and Air Force. I mean, those are the two best teams. UNLV kind of came up, but, like, it was easily Wyoming and Air Force. And now Air Force, who started out 8-0, is not even going to be in the conference championship. Sad. All right. Well, y'all, it's been good. It was a good episode. I love the playoff and i can't wait for 12 teams it's gonna be so good some people look down on it and say well it's gonna just you know it's not gonna be as important you know games aren't gonna be as important and uh the conference champs might not be the best team i don't care 12 teams in the playoffs is gonna be so fun i don't care if there's a big line i don't care if you know oh well there's no way penn state beats one of these top teams yeah there is i don't think penn state's very great either i think they're a little bit overrated but still it's football Ever heard of an upset before? That's what I'm saying. 12-team playoffs is going to be crazy. I love it. I'm so excited for a 12-team playoff. Make it home. Make it home games. That'd be awesome. All right, guys. Um, have fun watching the games tonight. Can't wait for this. Um, going to be doing another podcast next week. And uh, evaluating before the playoff rankings come out. Going to be talking about who I would put in um, based on this week's action. So, Hopefully some things will be sorted out or it'll be even more chaotic because of a lot of chaotic situations. I gave you guys a lot of them last week, but there are so many chaotic situations that could happen with these eight teams. And yeah, can't wait for it. Signing off from Short Talk College Football. Have a good one.